the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on K-Praise designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here is your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Find out what unity sounds like. I'm going to give you a piece of unity that perhaps you haven't heard before. This is a shofar, and I'm going to blast it at the head of the show because we're going to talk a lot about Israel in this uh, two-hour segment and also talk about prayer things. I'll introduce our people in a moment, but here we go. Get ready. Uh, We're going to do this again. It's Kaz, and my lips are dry. That was me attempting uh, to blow the shofar. And later on in the show, we're going to have people that really know how to blow the shofar, and we're going to talk a little bit about it. I've got people in the studio giggling at me right now. I don't know how to survive that, but we will try. You know, welcome to the Come Together San Diego. We've got wonderful content for this show, and I want to introduce you to my uh, first-hour guest. She is the head of Pray California. Her name is Muriel Bowman, and Muriel, you're with us, are you not? I am here. Thank you, Kev. I'm sorry for that pitiful show. I practiced it just before (laughs) we went on the air, and I had it just completely good, and then uh, I smiled in the middle of my shofar blast. Anyway, (laughs) my friend, here's the deal. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians 14 that uh, if the trumpet sounds an uncertain sound... Who shall prepare for the way of battle? I think after that trumpet blast, I think everybody's scurrying. (laughs) 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 But enough of the frivolity there. I want to talk a little bit about the value of what God is doing, not only in San Diego and in California and in the United States, also in Israel and in the uttermost parts of the earth. But uh, Mariel Bowman, you're going to be joining us for the first hour and uh, pray California. Not only does prayer in light of California, but you also pray on behalf of uh, the nation and the world, and also Israel in particular. Give us the overview of Muriel Bowman and Pray California. Okay. Well, the Lord knows what he's doing, (laughs) so glory to God. I'm third of 11 children, same parents. People will say same parents, yes, and both my parents are in heaven with the Lord in their heavenly mansion. And when I was a younger girl, our parents had us, uh, most of us, involved in, with some type of instrument. So one of my oldest sister played the clarinet, a brother played the trombone, another one played the coronet, another one played the guitar. I played the trumpet. Yes. And so, you know, it's amazing, Kaz, how the Lord prepares you from a young age for what you do when you're older. And so it opened up the door 
for me to fall in love with the shofar. Yes. And so, um, and we all know that, well, we'll be talking about the importance, spiritual yes, in an upcoming importance segment. of this a shofar later. Yeah, so excited about that, because it's such a great spiritual weapon that it the is. Lord has given us. And also, so from uh, from my younger age, and then as I got older, our, my parents were very involved with a large church, a specific denomination, and my mom has always been a servant. She would go clean the church, arrange the flowers on the altar. My dad was an usher, and so I'm so grateful for servant's heart as reflected by our parents. And so then, and also the unity, because you know what? Our family really gets along great. I'm so blessed to be able to say, I love every one of my brothers and sisters. We're all very different, but we all do really get along together. And I think the Lord prepared me for that just because I'm, uh, I like to think of myself as a bridge builder and to kind of connect people, bring them together for the things of the Lord. Yes. And so I began um, in 1999. My husband died in 1998. 1999 was the first time I really got involved with a prayer ministry. That was a Glow International, where I heard about, yeah, a fantastic ministry, where I heard about the Holy Spirit, precious Rakhal Kadesh. I got filled with the Holy Spirit, with the manifestation of tongues, got really involved with that ministry uh, in leadership, and got involved with National Day of Prayer, uh, still am, got involved with California Governor's Prayer Team, all these wonderful different ministries, and then started getting involved with national ministries yes. like Purse Surge Now with Dysopan, who used to live in Chico but moved to Colorado Springs, um, Transform USA with T.C. Yes. Kim out of Colorado Springs with, um, oh my goodness, so many other ones. You well, Muriel, here's, here's what I'd like to do. Well, on, the, on the show, at the very beginning of the show, we also try to take care of other business that is uh, pending just to, to clear clear that out so that we can focus on what we want to focus on. And one of the things that we do is uh, during the first uh, segment, we bring other people in who have some other things that are uh, timely for San Diego County. And I want to bring this person in whom you do not know. This is a young lady named Haley Montgomery. She's a musician in San Diego County. And I wanted her just to call in to give an overview on what's going on in the music scene briefly for a minute or so and then uh, return to Muriel's input on prayer and, and, and pray California. So, Haley, are you, do, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, give us a quick rundown of what's going on. You've got some big music things going on. One of the things that we like around uh, Come Together San Diego is the value of music. We know that that is the big coming together element. We talked about shofar blasts, but also blasts from the voice. So briefly give us an overview of what God's stirring to and through you, Haley Montgomery. Yes, thank you. Um, so I recently put out an original album called Confessions, and it's, and it's really just a collection of songs that embody the Christian uh, life and cycle that we're all going through, the process of repentance, surrender and yielding to Christ and finding our safety in Him and then how that turns to praise and doxology and worship. Yes. And we're all living through this cycle over and over again. And so the Lord really began to stir this theme in a bigger way after the album had come out. And we're now working on resourcing the local church with other uh, 
gospel-centered resources, um, we are we have created a full-length documentary and um, a small group-based curriculum called a devotional for churches to be able to go through and study a bit more theologically in a more intimate setting. Very good. Major. Yeah. I'm, I'm running a little bit low on time here, Haley. So give us uh, the name of the project and how people can find out more about it, Haley Montgomery. It is called The Confessions Project, and um, you can find it through any of my social media platforms or HaleyMontgomery.com. HaleyMontgomery.com. Uh, we're praying for you. You know, what God's doing in San Diego County is really a microchasm of what he wants to do across the nation and the mm-hmm. world as well. So, Haley, thanks for joining us and uh, for... Uh, Checking in with us. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Muriel, you know, I really have, as you know, a heart for worship and what's going on there. And prayer mm-hmm. and, and, and worship are intimately related with one another. So in the next uh, couple minutes that we have in this segment, kind of give an overview of what we're about ready to get a taste for in this first hour and uh, the role that uh, Pray California has in all of this. Okay, great. Well, we know that Psalm 133 says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And that dwelling together is in repentance, it's in worship, it's in fervent prayer, because we know the Lord says that the fervent, effectual prayers of the righteous availeth much. And so we do come before the Lord dressed in God's armor, clothed in royal robes of righteousness for his name's sake. And we have a weekly, it's our 10 year for a weekly Wednesday high noon praise and prayer call that we enter God's gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Yes. And we have people, not just in California, but across the nation joining us because they understand the importance of this beautiful golden state. So they stand with us. They're contending for God's kingdom for California. We're so grateful yes. for that. And we're, we're going to talk a lot about uh, that in the next segment as well, because uh, California, in one or two ways, is under siege, or in many ways. And, yes. and the real yes. solution to that is Holy Spirit stirring his believers to make his move uh, in politics, in prayer, in the church environment, in uh, all these different uh, disciplines, uh, so that Christ can show himself mighty in all these different uh, ways. Um, we're going to actually have you come back, and I know you have somebody that has called in as well that has some insights on the on the worship side of this. Uh, you are really a bulwark in, uh, when it comes to prayer and uh, pray California, but it goes far beyond that, Mariel uh, Bowman. And uh, we're going to be, after this this brief break, we're going to come back with you and your phone guest. We're going to talk a lot more about what God is doing, not only in prayer in San Diego in California, in Washington, D.C., and in uh, Israel, but we're also going to talk about it from a music perspective. So, Mary, you'll stay with us for the whole hour, won't you? Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. And my friends, uh, Come Together San Diego will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor on AM 1210, K Praise. Hello, my friend. You know, prayer and worship are intimately related to one another when it comes to facing the challenges of California. Both of them in tandem are going to move the needle. Holy Spirit, you know, the scripture talks about him. Uh, he, uh, 
inhabits the praises of his people, but yeah. also the 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 prayers. I mean, he's right there with his ear 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 in heaven, listening to what you you and I have to say. So we also are called to pray without ceasing. So those put those two in combination. And Holy Spirit can do a lot of things. So Mariel uh, Bowman is with me. She's Pray California's leader. And uh, we're going to have her invite uh, one of her friends on who carries the mantle tied to worship as well. But we also want to talk a little bit in this segment about something going on in California that's very pressing. It's it's very troubling. It's it's an assembly bill called AB, I think it's uh, 2943. Is that right, Mariel? Yes, that is correct. We want you to talk about that, but before we do, we want you to bring on your friend. Uh, and where, is, where is Trisha located these days? Trisha and her husband, Michael Phillips, live in Elk Grove, just right outside of Sacramento. Trisha, and they're both on our board of directors, and they both um, teach on the Jewish feasts, feasts and and they both blow the shofar. So praise the Lord. Their uh, heart yes. is truly the the one new man, Jew and Gentile together. So Trisha uh, Burt, our dance team, and she calls it Chain Breakers Dance and Flag Team. And introduce she's us. also an amazing worshiper. So why don't Trisha, you introduce us, Trisha? <laughs> are you here? Hi, Muriel. Hi, Kaz. Hello. Trisha, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm so, doing good. I, I love this. You and your husband blow the show far over. I hope you didn't li- really listen closely to the beginning of the show. I <laughs> attempted in my lips. My lips just did not keep the promises that my heart made. So anyway, so we'll find out more okay. about this in future you made segments. Sound the Holy Spirit wanted. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, we talk a little bit about this pressing bill coming through uh, the uh, assembly in California. It's AB. 2943. Muriel, give a brief overview of what that is, and I invite you, Tricia, to, to give your insights as well. And then at, the, at near the close of this segment, my listening friend, you've got a major treat. You've heard of the Lord's Prayer, but we're going to give you a nuance of the Lord's Prayer. Actually, Tricia is Tricia Phillips. She's going to give you a nuance of this that you've never heard before. So start us out, uh, Muriel, with uh, your thoughts and prayers about this AB 2943. What is it, and why is it so dangerous to the faith? Okay. AB stands for Assembly Bill 2943. It has passed through the Assembly, and now it's waiting to be voted on in the Senate. In the Senate. Yes. And truly, this has been, it began by being pushed almost undercover, just very sneakily through. But praise God, the light, as we've been praying, Lord, shine your light in the dark places and reveal what's going on. Expose the evil. And he is doing that in answer to our prayer. So there were. What what, so what does the bill? Is, what does the bill purport? It may say something on the surface, but it has deeper and dangerous roots. Absolutely, what it is. It the goal is to to silence God's people, to silence the church, to keep those who are in sexual confusion in bondage. And what it is is one of the things about it is let's say that. At our Pray California conference, let's say that we have a speaker, we're going to pay him an honorarium, and he's going to come in and and speak about being set free from homosexuality or from transgender, because we do have people come in and give their testimonies, because we all know we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, but this bill will say, no, you cannot do that. Let's say that there's a woman who has three children, a husband, and she's having 
tendencies and feelings toward a friend of hers, a female, and she wants counseling for it. And she is not going to be, even though she wants it, she is not going to be able to go to a Christian counselor who will speak um, about that to help her break through and get delivered from sexual sin. And it truly is going to keep the mouths of God's people tied and in and sealed shut. And that is, we all know that's a plot ploy of the enemy. This bill is so vitally important for the church to rise up. I'm so proud of my pastor because he has spoken about it from the pulpit. There were 120 pastors from Church United from Central and Northern California, organized by Pastor Jim Doman out of Fresno, the middle of the state, who gathered at our Sacramento State Capitol this past Monday and Tuesday, they visited, they took action. They visited legislators' offices to discuss a horrible bill that is and with them, and then they went in the rotunda, and they were offering praise and worship. It was so glorious, and we're so proud of the pastors and the prayer leaders, ministry leaders, for rising up and saying, no more. We are going to bless and possess the land. We are going to take back what the enemy has stolen. So the, the, the whole issue, if a person even wanted counseling, um, that's right. They don't, they're not even allowed the constitutional right or freedom of speech to do that, or the, the freedom... Uh, you know, freedom of religion and all that other stuff is is abated just by virtue of the the mask of the intent behind this AB this bill. That's exactly true, and and you can't even stand up at a conference and say what God says about homosexuality um, because that's going. You know, they're twisting it and turning it and calling um, evil good and good evil. And we know what the Lord says about that. Yes. But we're seeing that these days. So. Yeah, that's it in a nutshell. And, and Tricia, what is your thought on this from a worshiper standpoint? Um, from a from a worshiper standpoint, um, I know that we when we worship when we dance and we pray that we break strongholds from the enemy. And when I go out with the team, some we attract people who have that worshiper's heart. And sometimes, if they have that worshiper's heart, they may also have a tendency. Um, right now to be, you know, attracted to same sex and we still, you know, let them worship because when, and when they worship, they break stuff off of themselves. And, but when people aren't allowed to say the truth, because people who, everybody who needs Jesus or has a stronghold, they're looking for the truth. They're looking for love. They're looking for mm-hmm. freedom. And we as Christians need to be able, we have the answer. We have Jesus. Mm-hmm. But if our mouths are shut from any standpoint, whether you're a pastor, a worshiper, a worship director, a youth pastor, and we're keeping Californians who need Jesus, we're keeping them in that stronghold by this bill. Yes. And, uh, Mariel, how how would you pray in regards to this? Uh, How have you directed the people um, that you work with to pray specifically on this? Is Is it prayer or taking authority or some combination thereof? Mariel Bowman. You know, it's all three things. Um, And it is actually definitely praying. Secondly, it is taking action. It is contacting. Well, actually, I'd like to put this into prayer. So, Father, we call the church to awaken, 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 rise up. And, Lord, you say faith without works is dead. Lord, that your people would open their voice, their mouths, let their voices be heard, that they would send in the emails, they would contact their legislators, always first pray, Lord, but they would spread the word and post it on Facebook, on social media, so that other people know about 
about this because we know that people perish from lack of knowledge and the enemy wants to keep the church in the darkness. And Lord, we say no, Lord God. We just throw out the veils and open up people's eyes and ears of understanding. We say no, no to AB2943 in Yeshua HaMashiach's name. Amen. <laughs> you Amen. can tell this lady knows how to pray, my friend. And uh, thank you uh, for joining in, Tricia, as well. I think now's a good time to play something that you recorded earlier. I think, uh, Tricia, this is uh, the Lord's Prayer. And you did a special twist on this uh, for We Californians. I'm going to have my uh, board operator and producer get that ready for us. And then we will ha- we will present that and we'll talk just briefly before we go into this break. My listening friend, listen to this. This is a, a prayer that is really destined uh, to, you know, we're, we're, we're talking kind of on a horizontal basis. But sometimes, uh, very often, the th- words that we say have impact on higher levels, on spiritual planes. And I really trust that what you're about ready to hear, thank you, Tricia, for putting it together, is going to uh, break some strongholds. So we're going to play that right now, and then we're going to talk briefly about it before the next break. So my listening friend, listen to this. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in San Diego, in California, in America, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. And deliver us, oh deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, and thine is the power, and thine is the glory forever. Oh, thine is the kingdom, and thine is the power, and thine is the glory forever. Wow. Tricia, thank you very much for recording that. My friends, not only does it strike our hearts, but it strikes fear into the enemy because he knows God's people are praying on behalf of his church. And uh, this uh, stirs fear and anxiety in the enemy, and we like to do that because uh, God's kids Mm -hmm. uh, need to have God's place in this earth. Um, we need to take a break right here, but uh, Trisha, I trust that you're going to stay with us. And, uh, yes, I am. And uh, co-host, Pray California's Mariel Bowman, stay with us as well. We're going to talk more about this and uh, what not only is God is doing in the United States and in California and in San Diego, but boy, there are major things going on in Israel right now. We want to yeah, be in prayer for that. Yeah, We're going to yeah. talk more about that <laughs> in the next segment. And my friend, if you have only had a passive 
thought about Israel, we're going to we're going to immerse you in some truths because in the next hour we also have Israel is going to be the main focus and what God is doing from a Hebrew perspective as well. So stay with us. We'll be right back for the next. You're listening. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 K-Praise with Cass Taylor. And we're here with uh, Calif- uh, Pray California's Muriel Bowman, and she is uh, helping us understand the value of prayer from her perspective. She's invested a lot uh, with a bunch of other prayer warriors all over the nation, actually, to pray not only for California, uh, but San Diego, and also uh, Washington, D.C., and other parts of the United States. But also, listen to this, she has a real heart for Israel, as do we on this program. And there are a lot of different wild and crazy things going on in Israel right now, uh, isn't that right, Muriel? Oh, we are just rejoicing. <laughs> we are thanking the Lord for answered prayer. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. And Tricia, and Tricia you can uh, offer your insights as well. By the way, my listening friends and uh, Muriel and Tricia, I've also, for the next hour, we've got uh, Earl Clampett uh, and uh, Rabbi Joel Lieberman talking about Hebrew things. So I've asked them to come in for this hour to co- offer some uh, commentary if there are other insights that they can give from their unique Hebrew-loving perspective. So let me just say hi to these guys. Hi, guys. How you doing? Shalom, Kaz. <laughs> Shalom, listeners. <laughs> Thank you. Shalom, Mary. Rabbi Joel Patricia. and Earl. Shabbat Shalom. Okay. Shalom. Take it away, uh, uh, Mariel. You know, could I mention three more really vitally important, beside the AB2943, yes. can I mention three other things that please everyone, cover these in prayer and let your pastors know about it. And pray as a family also. Number one is the sanctuary state, oh, yes. which is completely against what a president is calling for. And um, many of us here in California view the rebellious love sanctuary state as an issue of public safety not a left versus the right fight. And so we're so blessed. Lord, we thank you. I'd rather pray. Lord, we thank you for the many multiple California cities and counties that are opposing the sanctuary state bill, Lord, which truly is rebellion, God. And we know rebellion is a form of witchcraft. And this was signed into law by Governor Jerry Brown last October. We thank you, Father, for Santa Clarita, which is the first city in Los Angeles County to to now. They just rose up yesterday and they're coming against it also. We thank you, Lord, that people are saying, no, no more rebellion, no more lawlessness. Lord, we just want to align with you and with your heart, God, and we are to honor and respect and pray for all of those in authority that all men shall be saved. We thank you for that, Lord God. We praise you. And and truly, we know, Lord, that it's our president's desire to keep America safe. That is his first priority. And Lord, also SB 320, that Senate bill 320, which is being forced to, there's trying to push this one through also, it's abortion pills on college campuses and universities, and we say no to that in Jesus' name. California would be the first 
state to allow that. And we just say, no, absolutely not. We speak life and abundant life over our colleges and campuses, for we know the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But we call forth the divine destiny that you have for every single campus student. In Jesus' name, the third issue I'd like to mention is the California lawmakers are now proposing that this is so bizarre to me, I have to say, allowing illegal immigrants to serve on state boards. And that means they would be paid also. They would be paid and they would have benefits of of serving on a state board, but to allow illegal immigrants to do that. And you know what? That is just so, Father, we just call for wisdom and understanding, God, for some of these evil bills that the enemy is trying to place upon California. We say no, no, no. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And uh, Rabbi Joel here, uh, Tree of Life Ministries, was shaking his head in agreement with you because uh, tough things going on in California. Welcome to the People's Republic of California. (laughs) Mariel didn't even get into AB 2119, forces public uh, puberty blocking drugs. There's so many crazy bills coming out of the assembly. Mariel, thank you for all of your prayer effort and your organizing effort in prayer. We believe that uh, for the pulling down of strongholds, we're going to see victory in our state. You know, one of the things, and this is directed to you, Tricia, and when you look through Scripture... Um, you find that when God's children worshiped and praised him in the midst of contrary times, Holy Spirit comes down and the power of God is seen. And in in a manner of speaking from a biblical term, uh, as in Esther, the the wicked Haman's hanged on his own gallows. Mm -hmm. And I I really have a heart cry for trusting God to do that in California because there's a lot of people, Muriel, you know very well, that are praying on behalf of this state for it to be turned around. And, and, and Tricia, you know the value of of uh, not only prayer, but song. And one of the things that is in the Hebrew culture that we really embrace is called the Aaronic Blessing. And when that is uh, proclaimed, uh, it, it stirs heaven. And while, while we have a little bit of time, I'm going to spend, uh, I, I, near the end of this segment, I'm going to have the Aaronic prayer, but there's somebody on the line right here that has further insight to this Assembly Bill 2943, and his name is Phil Brooks. He's with the California Gold Coalition, and um, I want to just have him give a, just a brief overview on what's going on from his perspective. He's right right in the thick of this, uh, in, deep in the water swimming. Phil, are you there? Yes, uh, Kaz. Uh, uh, good evening. I hope you're doing well. Thank you very much. Give us the quick rundown on the things that are going on from the AB uh, 2943 and what you believe God's kids are doing to combat that? And define what 2943 is briefly as well, would you, Phil? Oh, sure. Uh, yes, uh, the folks with the Golden State Coalition, which are a, a group of Christian, conservative, uh, godly people who have gotten together to kind of make some political space to push back against all this running for office in the state, uh, the Golden State Coalition, can be, you can see more about that at goldenstatecoalition.com. Uh, but one of the things that we've realized is uh, is becoming uh, the the manifestation of of something that we we never would have dreamed would have happened in the United States. But uh, essentially, essentially Bill 2943 will make it illegal for a pastor to counsel someone about coming out of homosexual or transgender yes. behavior. And uh, and that that is something that would happen if a if a pastor had a conference 
to discuss yes. that subject matter, or if there was a book published yes. and was going to be sold in California, uh, and that would include Bibles yes. being sold in California. Phil Brooks, we've spent a lot of time before you called in praying over this specifically, so why don't you give us, the, in the nutshell, what's, what you're hoping that uh, God's kids in the state of California can do about this, because it's gone pretty far down the line already. Right, yeah. So uh, a couple days ago, as you may be aware, Kaz and your listeners may be aware, uh, there were 125 pastors who stood on the steps of the State House in Sacramento. And uh, they said that this is the line in the sand beyond which they're not going to allow the culture to pass. And so this truly is the line of demarcation for Christians in California and by extension in the rest of the country. So uh, this bill was actually already passed, as you may have informed your listeners, by a vote of 50 to 18, and folks can see some of those deliberations on YouTube and see just how crazy it's getting in Sacramento. Yes. I'm running low on time here, so give me a website so people can find out more about what you're doing to stem that tide and the uh, group with whom you are involved, the California Gold Coalition. You bet. Uh, well, it's, it's actually called the Golden State Coalition, and folks can go to goldenstatecoalition.com, and we are engaging directly with pastors right now, and they can contact our candidates directly through that website uh, to enlist their support and to offer their support to the candidates as we co- coalesce a, a coalition of Christian conservatives to, uh, to rally against this legislation. Very good. Phil Brooks, thank you for joining us for a brief uh, overview on what's going on there. Appreciate you calling in. Muriel, uh, you know, there's a there's a line in the sand that has been crossed for what what uh, God's church needs to take a stand on things like this. Further insights in the next minute or so, and then we're going to... I decided because we have a lack of time in this segment, we're going to do the ironic blessing at the beginning of the next segment. But uh, uh, Close this uh, segment with a brief, brief thought or two, Mary Bowman. Lord, I love it. Yahweh, Father God, we declare as Tricia released the beautiful Lord's Prayer that Jesus gave us as an example to pray. We decree and declare Your kingdom come and Your will be done here in California as it is in heaven. Lord, we bind the enemy's schemes, Lord, against. Stealing from your people, Lord God, from your sons and your daughters. We bind enemy schemes, Lord, and we call for the church to rise up and know what's going all around about them. Lord, for the sake of our families, for the sake of future generations, but mostly, God, for souls, Lord God, that these people would not be led astray, God. We just say thank you for it. We call for truth to rise up in Jesus' name. Yes, we are. Thank you, Father. We Amen. are indeed. And my friends, get ready to storm the gates of heaven. We're going to hit it hard in this next segment, so do not go away. going to be wild and crazy, and God and God's kids are going to win. We'll be right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next on AM 1210 K-Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Hey there. You know what? Uh, enemy doesn't want to have God's kids having God's way because uh, this means the end for him. He doesn't like the sound of that. 
He's been aware of it for since the beginning of time, but now the time is at hand. And uh, one of the th- things that really uh, makes him anxious uh, is when he hears God's people uh, praising and worshiping. And one of the one of the worship uh, components that happens oftentimes in the in the Messianic Hebrew uh, environment is the Aaronic uh, prayer. And we're going to open this with that. And uh, we're, we're really thankful for Tricia for putting it together, Tricia Phillips. So let's uh, play the Aaronic. Uh, uh, and Joel Lieberman, who's with us right now, too, who's a, a rabbi in San Diego, can have, offer some insights as well. And then we're going to do some shofar stuff and, uh, and uh, blow the, blow the, um, the heaven hey. wide open. So uh, he, he, this was uh, provided for, for us from, from Tricia and Mario Bowman. Thanks for joining us here on this as well. Wow, thank you very much. You know, a lot of people that don't even understand what's going on there, they know there's something spiritual happening, and something definitely spiritual is happening there. It's God connecting with his kids. Mariel, thoughts on that, and and Tricia, thoughts on that? Well, I just love it in English. Um, Also, as Tricia is saying, may Adonai bless you and keep you. May Adonai smile upon you and be gracious unto you. May Adonai show you his favor and cover you with his shalom. Mm -hmm. And just the beautiful blessing of the Lord that the priest offered is, and we have her, we have Tricia and other people now are also learning this number six, 24 to 26 verses a blessing in Hebrew also. There are a number of people and we just love the Hebrew language because we know that's what's our that's what our Savior spoke, our Lord spoke. Um also Hebrew. So it's yes. just so beautiful. It touches your soul, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Rabbi Joel? Yeah, you know, uh, Mary Ellen Trisha, beautiful. You're provoking the Jewish people to jealousy when you <laughs> when you do things like that. Actually the ironic <laughs> blessing is the only continuing link that we have to the daily temple service that existed in Jerusalem nearly 2,000 years ago. And mm-hmm. back in the early 70s, 1973, an Israeli archaeologist who was excavating first temple period tombs found two small pure silver scrolls on which was inscribed that Kohenic blessing of the priests from mm-hmm. Numbers chapter 6. These are the oldest biblical quotations that we have in existence going back to the 7th century B.C., 400 years earlier than the earliest biblical text found among the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yes. And, and any you Trekkies out there as listeners, you recall that Leonard Nimoy of Star Trek would end every episode with the ironic blessing because mm-hmm. it, it blessed him so much. So live long and prosper from Spock <laughs> is actually the ironic blessing. I like it. I like it. You know, one of the other Hebrew things that we're beginning to hear more and more in the Western church is the sound of a shofar. 
<clears throat> and the sound of the shofar is is one way to really connect with the Hebrew roots, and it's, and it's a sound that was heard throughout Bible days. And I love King David because the shofar played a major role there, and, and the major prophets and the prophets as well. The shofar bespoke many things. And uh, Mary, while we don't really have time to go through all four of them, there are there uh, to actually play them. Give a very brief overview of what those four are, and we're going to select one in particular, and we're going to jump jump off with that with you uh, to you and Tricia. So okay, great. Uh, and these are the Hebrew words tekia, which is a call is? to attention, a call yes. to attention, a call to assemble together to praise. Yes. The shevarim. It's a call to humble repentance. The teruah, one of my favorite. It sounds like a machine gun <laughs> with a staccato blast, and it's a call to spiritual warfare and victory. Yes. The last one, the tikiyagadola, is a call of our soon coming King, who brings us healing, deliverance, eternal salvation. And that's it in a nutshell. Okay. Well, let me ask you a question here. Of those four, which one? based on where we are in this program right now and the items discussed and some of the challenges that we've had as well, which one would be the shofar blast that would be appropriate for where we are right now? Absolutely, the Tavruah! The Tavruah! Yes, yes, yes. yes. Because we are in a spiritual battle between good and evil, truth and lies, life and death, and we choose Yeshua, we choose life, we choose truth Uh and justice. Justice for all. So Amen. Let's sound the shofar. Okay, I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you two blow the shofar, Trisha and uh, Muriel. You have your shofars handy. Okay, we're going to do the teruah, and uh, that's a staccato blast signifying. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? It's called spiritual and even natural warfare. Lay it on us. <laughs> Wow. Wow. You know, that that would, it certainly draws attention. And before I really understood what all those blasts were, I said, this has to be the warfare blast because this is the one that stirs stuff up. Uh, thoughts yeah. on that, Muriel? Absolutely. Absolutely. We know that the enemy hates the <laughs> shofar, the trumpet, because we know when Yeshua, our Savior, returns, the heavenlies are going to be full of the sound of the shofar blasting, and the enemy just flees. And truly, we opened up on with the Pray California shofar team and for National Day of Prayer, and oh my goodness, there was an open heaven over yes. our state capital. And so when people need deliverance, when they need breakthrough, and if you don't have a shofar trumpet, use your voice yes, to yes, make yes. the sound, to yes, take yes, that yes. authority. Yes, yes, yes. And Mary, we didn't get to all the stuff I wanted to get to with you. Could you come <laughs> back at another time and share some stuff with us, Mary Bowman? I would absolutely love to, and and I would like to say one more thing. I'm so excited that Franklin Graham is here in California, and and with 10 different upcoming rallies uh, from May 20th to June 5th on his tour date. So that's really exciting. And all next... Exactly. The entire next next week's show is going to be devoted to remembering Billy Graham and uh, bringing Uh, attention to Franklin Graham coming on the 20th. Our, Our broadcast is on the 19th. Uh, of May. Excellent. So there you go. 
Muriel Bowman, thank you. Pray California and uh, Tricia Phillips, thank you for joining us on this somewhat truncated, abbreviated part. But you know something? I, <laughs> I believe that the uh, shofar blast, the Terua, uh, did some damage to the enemy today. And uh, don't you think, Rabbi Joel Lieberman? I agree. Yeshua says when he returns, it's the Son of Man who <laughs> will send out his angels <laughs> with a great shofar. I love Amen. It. Mariel Bowman, thank you for joining me. Pray California and and thank you for giving your insights and your beautiful song as well. My listening friend, we're going to spend the whole next hour talking about uh, Israel, Hebrew, uh, how Jew and Gentile are God desires to bring together as one new man and Messiah. We're going to talk more about that. Mariel, thank you so much. Love you. And uh, Tricia, love you as well. God bless you both. Thank you so much. God bless you. Shalom. 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 And my listening friend, guess what? We'll be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. God loves San Diego. This is AM 1210 K-Praise. KPRZ San Marcos Poway. A service of Salem Media Group. I'll tell the world, world, world. Come together, San Diego, with Cass Taylor on AM 1210 K-Praise. I'll tell the world, world, world. Well, I can't tell you how much I've been looking forward to this hour. Two of my favorite people are going to join me as co-hosts of this hour, and we're going to talk about uh, uh, things that are tied to the Jew and the Gentile. You know, in Scripture, the Apostle Paul writes uh, frequently in the Scripture, he says, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And a lot of people in today's church, Western church, they go, "Uh, that was for yesteryear, not for today. But just absolutely the opposite. To the Jew first and also to the Greek has some truths in it that you can embrace them and understand them. They will help you and, and, and I go into God's plans to a greater degree than ever before. I want you to meet uh, Rabbi Joel Lieberman from the Tree of Life. He's a, an author as well and a wonderful teacher. Uh, Rabbi Joel, good to have you. It's good to be here, Cass. Thanks <laughs> for having me tonight. And Earl Clampett. Earl has been a friend for many, 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 many years. And uh, he is a former judge and he's a reverend. Uh, and he's uh, his ministry is called Simple Truth Ministries. And uh, we're going we're gonna, to uh, talk a little bit about his books. Uh, he's in the process of writing others as well, but we're going to do this in, in tandem a little bit. First of all, how hello, you do? Hello, hi, yes, thank you for having us on. Exactly, and and Rabbi Joel, I think we'll do this onesie-twosie, and I'm going to have you start because we're talking about uh, uh, um, Jews and Gentiles, the Jew first and also to the Greeks, so, so I think it's appropriate that the Jew go first. So well, uh, you're, gonna, <laughs> you're going to talk a little <laughs> bit about the unity amidst uh, diversity and how that looks not only in the from the Jewish perspective, but also as gentle as gentles Gentiles come in, and we gentle Gentiles are not so gentle these days. So, Rabbi, thanks, Kaz. Appreciate. It. Well, Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Probably got another hour of uh, light here. Let me let me first off say that uh, along with you, Kaz and, and uh, Earl and our listeners, we are part of an exciting move of Ruach Hakodesh, the Holy Spirit. Yes, as it pertains to being a united voice for the Lord and his Messiah here in the city and county of San Diego. Can I get an amen from anybody on that one? Well, you mentioned an interesting biblical phrase, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, found in, what, Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and other places. And in that passage, Paul actually means that there is a present priority to proclaim the good news of the Messiah to the Jewish people. We find that Paul did this all throughout his journeys, right, as he records in the book of Acts, 
as Luke recorded it for us. I'm not saying that every single believer should seek out the Jewish people in their community before sharing with with any uh, Gentiles about the Messiah, but I'm echoing what Paul said there, that there is a great responsibility laid upon the Gentile body of believers to share with the Jewish people. I'm also not saying that Jewish evangelism is more important in the sight of God or that those involved in Jewish evangelism have a higher calling or anything like that, but part of the calling of, of us is as Messianic Jews, to the rest of the body of the Messiah, to challenge them, to restore ministry among our Jewish people to its biblical place in the strategy of world evangelism. You know, as Jews, Kaz, we pray that ancient prayer, the Kaddish, which states, may he establish his kingdom in your lifetime and in your days and within the life of of the whole house of Israel, speedily and soon. And so uh, the other shaliach, the other apostle Peter, tells us that we should work to hasten the coming the day of the Lord. I've often speculated with other people privately that the priority of preaching the good news to the Jewish people, which has been neglected over all these centuries, has quite possibly delayed the coming of the kingdom of God on the earth. It's something for us to consider. Now, back to your initial question concerning unity. We read in the Psalms, and Mary on the last hour was so wonderful to quote that psalm, and I'll quote it in the Hebrew, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. The word actually unity is, in the Hebrew language, is derived from one of the names of God, actually, reminding us that nothing has the the ability to unify God's people as much as a common devotion to him. But we always stop at that verse, right? We always read Psalm 133, one, and we forget it. But what does it say after that? Verse 2, it is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, right? Yes, yes, yes. Running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Aramon, Mount Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded his blessing, life forevermore. So David says when we get into unity, when we get into harmony, an anointing and a blessing is released. Yes. And we find over and over in the New Covenant Scriptures, Kaz, the ultimate restoration of the body of believers is our unity. Yes. And that becomes crystal clear when we read the high priestly prayer of Messiah as he went to the tree of sacrifice that John 17 tells us that we might be one. Yes, yes, yes. So the world would believe. And so when you and I begin to walk, Jew and Gentile, in that manner, is our, is the, we fulfill that calling of our king. Yes, and there's a phrase in Scripture that talks about the Israel of God. And the Israel of God, uh, from my understanding, from a, a biblical standpoint, it relates not only to the spiritual Israel, but also there's a, there's a rela- intimate relationship with the natural Israel as well. Absolutely. Let me give you a practical example of how I see this unity playing out, yes, not yes. only in San Diego, because I believe if we do this right in San Diego, it's going to go <laughs> national. Yes. It's going to go worldwide. Here's, here's an application, and it's something that all of your listeners will relate to, no doubt. I was reminded about it a couple of nights ago when my wife and I were at a San Diego Padres baseball game, and, <laughs> and my son, Avi, who's right now a, a college junior, he played baseball all through elementary school, and my wife, Darcy, and I, we never missed a game. And he had the chance to play all the positions, but one of the more difficult positions that he had to play was second base because, as you know, second base is yeah. a very unique position. Yes, working both sides of the working field. Working both sides. So, <laughs> you see, the first baseman has his own base, right? Yes. Third baseman has his own base. The catcher has his own base. They call it a plate. Don't ask me why. But they all have their own base, and they all have to cover their own base. Mm-hmm. But the second baseman, as you mentioned, has to share his base, even though it's named after him. He has to share it with the shortstop, right? Now, as a middle infielder, here's the rule in baseball if you're playing second base. The ball's hit to the third base side. What happens? Second baseman runs to second. He's covering second. The ball's hit to his side, the first base side. He follows the ball that direction. Same thing as if the ball is hit to the outfield. In other words, second baseman follow the ball. Second baseman and shortstops follow the ball. Yes. 
Third baseman, don't do that. You don't want the third baseman trying to make a play at first base. That's not going to work out too well. Yes. And yet I've thought about the game of baseball on a, on a, natural, on a physical level, and I believe, Kaz, it contains a spiritual analogy for us in the body of believers, yes. which is this. Have we erroneously had players troubling, trying to cover all the other positions and not their own position? Yes. Now, if you take notice, and I did it the other night at the baseball game, at the Padre game, there's constant communication going on between the shortstop and second base. Why? Because they're sharing, as you mentioned, same base. Yes. They're just on opposite sides of the bat. Yes. And in the body of believers comprising both Jews and non-Jews, yes. we need to realize we have one base. Yes. Amen? Oh, that's so one good. root system. Yes. And I, like my Messianic Jewish counterparts here in San Diego, am playing, if you're following the analogy still, spiritually, we're playing second base. Yes. And my Christian brothers, yourselves, are playing shortstop. Yes. We're not in competition with no, one another. Same base. Right? We're covering the Come same on. base from opposite <laughs> sides of the base. That's yes. all we're doing. We're basically playing the same position. We're on the same team. Yes. We're covering the same base. So if the ball's hit and you're fielding it, Kaz, and you can get to a quicker to turn a double play, what's my job? My job is to back out, yes. let you touch second, throw Ooh. to first base to accomplish the double play. Wow. In other words, what am I doing? I'm going to yield the base to my brother Ooh. and vice versa, my friends. That's exactly the way we need to begin seeing this thing. Yes, yes, yes. We need to cooperate with one another. Yes. It's two sides of the same base of which all the prophets and the apostles rest. Yes. We got to get out of competition mode. Yes. We got to begin huh? to work together. And this is a good start. We know from the early days of the body, and I'll wrap this up, that whenever believers get in unity, what happens? God shows, shows up. up. He does indeed. Remember Pentecost, Shavuot, Acts chapter 2? We have an opportunity because it's coming up again on the calendar yes. next weekend. Yeah, and one of the things that I'm seeing here, your analogy about playing second base on the second base side or the shortstop side, for many times the church and and maybe even the Messianic church uh, believers have commandeered their position, but they presume to take the other position as well, and a lot of stuff goes through. Yes, But if we are in tandem with one another, Jew and Gentile, look out. That's excellent. Yes, it goes through. Stuff goes through. Yes, it does. So why don't you give a, a, a... a Hebrew declaration of, of this about unity, and uh, we'll draw this segment to a close because you're coming back for another segment as well. We're going to have Earl Clampett yes. talk let's, about let's related pray. things. Let's just pray. As well. Father, we Joel thank Lieberman. you for this simplistic analogy, but Lord, it seems to it seems to hold. Yes. And so, Father, we thank you that it's easier to lock arms, or often it's easier to throw stones than to lock arms. <laughs> we choose, Lord, to lock arms in the Spirit, both Jew and Gentile, that the world might believe that you sent your Son. So, Lord, we declare over San Diego and California in this nation that, Lord, we will work together. We will break down walls and barriers, dear God, and we will work together as Yeshua and the apostles prophesied it out that the world might believe. We thank you for it in the name of Yeshua. Yes, and if you look back in the book of Acts, uh, when the Jews were responsible for starting this thing called the church, they discounted the Gentiles, and right now many of the Gentiles are discounting the value of the Jews, and when we can, when it clicks that each one of us play a vital role in this, look out world. Look out. Exactly. So we're going to be switching gears in the next segment, but my listening friend, I know you've uh, spent a lot of time, many of you, in the Bible, but have you really understood the Jewish perspective on things? Uh, I hope what we're going to be sharing with you really opens your eyes uh, because there's a Jew and the Gentile perspective. And sometimes we as Gentiles take on a Gentile mentality on things and we miss, we talked about the, the 
second base thing, we miss a lot of stuff that goes through. In the next segment, uh, Earl Clampett, Reverend, Reverend Earl Clampett of Simple Truth Ministries, is going to be sharing some insights that he got about how to bring the two together that we can work in tandem with one another. And he's going to be talking about his book called The Bl- Blueprint. And, it, and you're going to be amazed because it shows us maybe some of the ways we've been in error that we need to come back and understand the full Hebrew mentality on dealing with Scripture. It's going to blow your mind and make you a wiser person. So don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Well, my listening friend, if we only knew how important the Jew and Greek or Jew and Gentile together is in God's provision for these last days, we would be amazed. And uh, Earl Clampett is with me. He's a reverend and leads uh, Simple Truth Ministries and is an author. He's got several books. Uh, This one in particular deals with the blueprint. And uh, the question is, is God's Bible design Greek as, you know, we look in the New Testament, the Greek or is it, it from Hebrew perspective? Uh, you, when you understand that there's a difference between the two, it's going to open your mind. Earl Clampett, uh, lay it on us. Good evening, Kaz. Well, you know, I was a uh, I was a jail chaplain for about ten years with the San Diego uh, County Sheriff Department, and I always had a hard time um, finishing my teachings down there because of constant security interruptions, etc. And out of frustration, I just went to the Lord, and I said, you know, I'm wasting your time. I'm wasting my time. Um, I am sometimes get five or ten minutes in before we have to interrupt and, and disengage. Kind of like so, radio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I said, Lord, can you give me something that I can give the, um, the inmates that they'll take away, and, um, but something, you know, in, in, a, in a very small period of time. And so the Lord said, uh, you can explain the entire Bible, with uh, five words, um, and later, later he said, you, you have to teach it in a circle. I did not understand why a circle. Yes. And so basically, uh, the whole Bible is um, the five words. He said, oh, by the way, the five words all begin with the same letter. And so the first letter was relationship, which is Genesis chapter 1. Yes. Um, it's all about relationship with, with uh, Av, with Father God. And uh, Genesis 2 was all about our uh, rulership. Uh, we were supposed to run this place, be good stewards. And then uh, the third uh, R word was rebellion in Genesis chapter 3. The plan blows up because of uh, a spiritual enemy that came from, believe it or not, heaven. The, the rebellion began in heaven. That's important from what we're going to talk about later. And then number four was redemption, which was, of course, Yeshua, and uh, he, he came to deliver us. Yes. And he was an atonement uh, for us. And then lastly, and this is the big one, number five, and this kind of completes the circle, well, what was the point? What was the goal? And the fifth R that God told me was, wasn't heaven, it was restoration. My, my. And if I drew that fifth R with that um, arrow— it didn't take me in a linear trajectory. Right. It took me in a circular returning to the original 
plan of Genesis 1 and 2. So what you're saying is we, in the, in the Greek mentality, we list things 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and from the Hebrew mentality, it's cyclical. So you're, you're seeing this as a circle instead of uh, one line item, one line item, one line item. How, how does this help us comprehend God's plans? Well, it helps us comp- comprehend it in that you, when I was in Bible school, I was taught systematic theology. Yes. Well, that's a Greek concept. When I was in law school, we had the Socratic method when you're in law school. Again, systematic. Things are taught in a sequential way. Logic uh, flows in a straight line sort of sequential way. And um, I remember I had a a person who was going to be the coordinator of a place I was going to speak shared with me. She said, you know, we just finished a a course on... um, on Hebrew, and she, she looked at me and she said, you know that the Hebrew thinking and time reference uh, and orientation is all circular? And I, I said, what? what? And, and she said, yeah. And so I said, who taught you that? She said, we had a female rabbi and, and we just completed the class. Well, then I started to dig. And then I, I have to tell you, I came out somewhat with a lot of questions out of Bible school because I was having a hard time uh, trying to discern how do you uh, have a circular or cyclical t- uh, paradigm, and then you come in with a Greek uh, overlay, a, a grid, if you will, yeah. and you put that on top of the circle, and it's a straight line. Uh-huh. And, of course, our challenge in, in Bible school, they say, well, we want you to interpret um, Hebrew Scripture using a linear Western Greek line. And I'm thinking, well, those are incongruent. I mean, that's inconsistent. doesn't make sense. Well, when when I got out of Bible school, I started to explore some of this. And and I'm thinking, you know, context is everything. And um, we got 40 authors, 66 books Mm -hmm. in the Bible. Well, um, at least 39 Mm -hmm. of those 40 authors were Hebrews. Yes. Okay. So I was thinking, now, of course, Rabbi Joel um, was kidding me. I, I think he was kidding me. I <laughs> hope he was kidding me because he said, Earl, um, what was the question you asked me? Because I, I thought it was at least 39 out of 40 uh, where he was. We got one token Gentile as an author. Well, well Luke is the only one that is, that is possibly uh, not Jewish. But we know he was a physician, right? Mm-hmm. So we assume he was Jewish. <laughs> so even then, I probably might lose out. It might be 40 out of 40, okay? But here's, here's the example. Kaz, if you wanted to learn Russian culture and history and everything like this, and you took a, a trip to St. Petersburg, and you took a language class, and you were going to go in, and you sit down at the classroom, if the instructor handed you your first uh, book, and you opened it up, and you looked at it, and it was a Japanese dictionary, you, would you raise your hand to inquire of the teacher that to remind him the name of the class and the name of the course, because your Japanese dictionary to learn Russian language, Russian culture, Russian history is it's, not, it's the wrong it's the wrong tool. It's the wrong tool. We got the wrong tool, and here's what happened. Um, basically, Christ, I mean Yeshua comes and says, "Look, I didn't come to do away with the law; I came to fulfill it." And we have a foundation of Hebrew prophets and Hebrew writings. And the significance of the Brit Hadashah, which is the New Testament, is that the fulfillment of all of these things that experientially the, the Hebrews were a part of, they lived it. it was, it's a heart issue. Um, 
they, they are all going to come to fruition in Yeshua, in, in, in Jesus as our Messiah. And unfortunately, after the diaspora of 70 AD, when Titus um, you know, destroys Jerusalem, we lost our Hebrew anchors. Mm-hmm. We lost our, our foundations because the, the good news went west. And as it went west, you went into a Roman Empire which had Greek philosophy mm-hmm. as predominant and Greek religion. Yes. And they had all kinds of gods. I mean, even Paul commented on that when he, uh, when he went into Athens. He yeah. said, you got gods for everything. But that's, that's the culture that the, the disjointed and disconnected uh, now Hebrew good news goes yes. into this, yes. this environment, and, and everything gets yeah. uh, perverted. Tell, tell me if this analogy works for you. It's helping me understand what you're talking about, the cyclical versus the uh, straight-line Greek. If you, want to, uh, uh, if you want to climb a mountain, you can go straight up that mountain in a straight line, and you're going to exhaust yourself, probably injure yourself along the way, or you can take a little bit more of a wise perspective and go around the mountain and mm. ascend mm. in spirals yeah. and you can get there most assuredly and more safely but more powerfully as well so you can not only uh, appreciate all of the terrain but you can also mm. you, you you can wow. you can get there more assuredly so the the hebrew mentality may use a scripture from here and a scripture from there and the similar similarities or the common commonness in those scriptures are the uh, spiral ascending to the truth and we gentiles we try to go straight up the hill and uh, we miss a lot of things in the in the journey. That's good in the process. I love that analogy. But let me give you one even yes. even higher. The goal, we Greeks, or we Gentiles, will say, for example, why did Yeshua come to earth? He says, oh, so when we die, we get to go to heaven. That's yeah. a linear trajectory. The Hebrew would say, well, wait a minute. He'd ask a question. What did you lose in the garden? Well, we lost our relationship with our father. Well, the Hebrew would say, it's all about reconnecting. Yes, it's, it's reconciliation and restoration back to what we lost. We didn't lose heaven in the garden. No. We lost our relationship with our Father, and thus we died. Yes. Because what is eternal life? It's to know God the one, and, and Jesus Christ whom he sent. And it's a relational yes. experience. Well, if we say, oh, no, um, deliverance or salvation is transportation as opposed to transformation, transformation those aren't the same two messages. No. They're very, very different. And, and you can't reconcile those two messages. And we have to decide, are we studying a Hebrew paradigm, or are we studying a uh, developed, over-the-years perversion sure. of, of Gentile influence that didn't want anything to do with yep. the Hebrews, and they wanted to disconnect? That's the issue. Yes. What is the goal? Why yes. did he come? And it seems to me, that when using my analogy of the spiral ascending or versus straight up, if you go try to go that straight line, you miss so much. Absolutely. And, and what God wants us to do is to become enriched by His truths. Yes. And uh, you know, if 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 we understand that, we can get to the destination a lot more easily. Yeah. And when we get to the top of the mountain, the trajectory isn't linear. It's you've come back home. That's good because it's all about returning back home. Okay. okay? Coming back home to Father, coming back home to Earth. That's good. And we're going to talk more about that. You've whet my appetite for sure. And the name of your book is called The Blueprint, and you can find it on 
uh, on Amazon.com. Amazon. Earl Clampett. SimpleTruthMinistries.net. Yes, and find out more about that. Don't go away, Earl, because we're going to talk more about that, and a rabbi is going to come back and give some nuances to this whole Jew-Gentile thing as well when we come back. I hope we've stirred your uh, interest, my friend, and I'll tell you something. We need to understand that God's Scripture, uh, Old Testament and New Testament, are vital one to another so that we can understand the full depths of God's plans for us, with us, and through us. And we're going to find out more about that when we continue. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on Praise. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 K-Praise with Cass Taylor. Well, you read it in the scriptures, particularly in Romans and elsewhere, it talks about the Jew and the Gentile, the Jew first and also to the Greek or to the Gentile. We're talking about this one new man composite of uh, believers coming together uh, under, under Jesus or Yeshua. And uh, Joel Lieberman, Rabbi Joel Lieberman of Tree of Life is with us as is Earl Clampett, and we're getting different different flavors of this Jew-Gentile kind of thing. Uh, Rabbi Joel, we talk a lot in the New Testament about the New Covenant, but the New Covenant really stem, stems... Oh, I'm sorry, Earl, forgive me. Uh, Earl, we talk about the New Covenant and how the New Covenant really stems from the Old Testament and the new Jesus being the bond that brings those together. Talk a little bit more about uh, the Gentiles... Uh, and the new covenant and how it relates to old, you know the Old Testament as well. Tie that all together as as, as you share a little bit about this, Earl Clampett. Well, I'll start off with a the question that was posed to me by a uh, Messianic rabbi from Europe, and uh, I attended a Messianic convention uh, last February yes. in Irvine. Anyway, met this uh, European uh, Messianic uh, rabbi. He spent a couple of days with us, uh, he and his wife, and um, anyway. He, we would talk late into the night, and one time he asked me, he said, let me ask you a question. He said, um, to whom was the New Covenant addressed mm-hmm. in Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-one? Well, I'm thinking with a Gentile <laughs> mind yes. that I've got a, a Jewish a rabbi asking me this question, and I, I felt in kind of a, a way it was a setup, because in Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-one. The new covenant is made to the house of Judah and the house, the house of Israel. Of Israel. Yes, yes. Now it's repeated in Hebrews 8 in the New Testament, in Hebrews 8.10. Uh, I think the Judah's dropped off, but it's still, it's I'll make my this covenant with the uh, house of Israel. So he was asking me, how do you Gentiles fit in? How does it apply to you? Yes. So I gave him this kind of a lame answer that was off the top of my head, and I said, well, you know, John's 3.16, for God so loved the world, you know. And he looked at me and he goes, I think you need to explore that more, you know. And I was like, wow, you're right. So I started to dig and dig and dig and trying to figure out what is the new covenant. Well, we Gentiles, uh, when we have communion during our services, we always go to 1 Corinthians 11 and we talk about how uh, Yeshua, how Jesus wrapped up the, the Last Supper and he basically talked about the new covenant. And he says, look, here's what you do this in memory of me. You take my flesh and you drink my blood, and this seals the new covenant. Well, so is the new covenant Yeshua? Well, yes, it is. 
um, as we partake of the elements, um, we become married in a way. We're yes. pre- preparing for marriage because this is relational. And he's going to be the bridge. Yeshua's going to be the bridge to that reconciliation we talked about earlier, coming back to Abba, Father, back to Av, back, back to Dad. We lost our dad in the, in the garden. We didn't lose heaven. All right, so um, now, as how do you implement this new covenant? Well, is it just happened because we're forgiven of our sins, which is promised and part of the new covenant? And here's one thing that I was discovering. I'm thinking we Gentiles preach the new covenant as the primary emphasis is the forgiveness of sin. And I think that if you look at it from a Hebrew perspective, the new covenant is, includes forgiveness, but you know, don't forget in the, in the Tanakh, you had, in the Old Testament, you had forgiveness for sins. You had all kinds of offerings, you know, and as far as sacrificial offerings, that you could get your sins forgiven. So you got rid of the guilt, you got rid of the, uh, the shame. But you, under, the, under Sinai, the Old Covenant, yes. you, couldn't, you couldn't keep the law because um, it was, you, you were missing an element. So the New Covenant, if you look at Romans uh, 8, 1 and 2, it talks about this implementation process, and it says, um, for, uh, let me go to it real here real quick. And he says, for therefore, there is no longer any condemnation awaiting those who are in union with Messiah Yeshua. I'm taking this out of the complete Jewish Bible. For those, and the, new, the King James says, for those who are in Christ. Okay, so this union thing is important. Why? Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, in Meshua, uh, Messiah Yeshua, has set me free from the Torah, from the law of sin and death. Yes. Okay, now, and how does he do that? He does it by writing, the, Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-one says, mm-hmm. hey, this law? Well, whose law? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was made flesh. And Jesus tells us in John 5, hey, I didn't come to do away with the Old Covenant. I came to fulfill it. Yes. Well, the Word has to get written in two vital parts of, in our interior to bring the kingdom of God to bear. And the Holy Spirit is the implementer who takes these elements of Yeshua, the essence of the Godhead, and says, I'm taking the Word, and I'm going to place it in your minds, and I'm going to write it, it in your, your hearts. hearts. Yes, yes. That <clears throat> makes the New Covenant one of transformation in a circular way, because that brings us back to that. If we allow that process to happen and really change our interior, well, we become to not just have imputed righteousness, we now start to actually have actual yeah, righteousness. Literal li- righteousness. Yeah, because we're doing thy will be done of the Lord's prayer. And that basically is the sixth feast of the Yom Kippur cleaning the, you know, God, have that, in, that uh, introspection of house cleaning, if you will. And that prepares us for the seventh Levitical feast, which is the our indwelling of the Godhead in John 14 and in John 17, and his, the Godhead indwelling in us. Now, mm-hmm. here's the thing. The new covenant he has is not one of a linear transportation of getting me out of the earth and getting me into the ethos and staying in you Which know, is the Greek, the Greek, the Greek thought, right. Yes. No, this is circular because it's headed someplace. The goal, again, is circular. And so if I allow that process, that daily moment-by-moment process to take place where 
the Holy Spirit is, is really writing the essence of the Word, Yeshua, in these two parts inside of me. Your mind and in your I'm being, heart. T- I'm being made into this new creation that 2 Corinthians 5 talks about. What, is the, what does it look like? And, you, and when Paul starts out, he says, look, here's my uh, Acts 26. He tells King Agrippa, look, I'm, I'm going to bring the Gentiles from darkness to light and from the power of the adversary, power of Satan, to God. Well, that's 2 Corinthians 3. Your image is changing. Yes. You can't be the same anymore. Yes. So this covenant with this inner writing of the law inside of us brings us to transformation, transformation. not transportation. That's very good. Transformation is circular yeah. because it prepares us for that seventh feast of Sukkot, which is the most experiential and personal where the Godhead comes and dwells yes. inside you as, a, as, a, as his dwelling place, as his abode, and you're now dwelling in God. And now what? He says, you finally found my rest. I like it. I like my it. rest. I like it. You know, you know, an analogy came to me. You know, there's actors and actresses who, who perform plays. And if you're watching them perform, they do a pretty good job of making you believe that's who they are but then they go home and they become their real person. So if you embrace the letter of the law, you're basically doing a performance and people think that you are really that person, but that's just a character that you're putting on. But where you're talking about in this circular relationship is you are actually becoming it and it is becoming you. And all of a sudden you're not espousing it with your mouth only. It's in your mind and in your heart. And it's not, you're, you're, portraying something that somebody else said, you're actually living it? Right, and, and here's the thing. We're supposed to be the Gentiles yes. who are changing, and so we make the, the Jews jealous. Well, they come back, right? Yes. Well, then, but Israel, okay, we have, okay, this is what it is. We have branches. Yes. I'm a wild branch, so are yes, you. Yes, yes. Rabbi Joel is a natural branch. These guys and we're are really both, wild branches. <laughs> and we're both put into the, the same, same, same stock. Stu- well, you know, the, tree the tree is, 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 is Yeshua. Yeshua. It's yes. Israel. Now, what do we call ourselves? We, do we call ourselves Christians? Or do we call ourselves what Paul calls us? Because we're, you know, the church, I'm not so sure that that's an accurate definition. I think a better definition is we're the commonwealth. That's good. Of Israel. Yes. That's what the terminology that Paul uses through the, through the Holy Spirit. So now we have this coming together. That doesn't mean I have to become ethnically Jewish. doesn't mean he has to change to, to be a Gentile. Okay? No. It just simply means we have unity of purpose, but we don't have necessarily uniformity. That's right. Okay, but we have that unity of purpose brings us together as the commonwealth of yes. Israel. As the one new man. There you uh, go. Uh, uh, individually, we're just a piece of the equation, but when we we, we bond together in a in a circular way, we're not uh, uh, individuals anymore. We are collectively one new man. Exactly. Wow. Yep. Wow. Wow. We're coming wow. home. We're coming home to Dad. Yes. So give the name of your book again and okay. how people can get. It's uh, called the Blueprint. It. Yes. It's called is uh, God's Bible Design Linear or Circular Circular. And uh, you can get it on Amazon.com or on my website, simpletruthministries.net. Simpletruthministries.net. And Earl Clampett, thank you for sharing those truths. In the next segment, we're going to bring uh, Rabbi Joel to kind of pull these things together and give you further insight. My listening friend, we've been, been embracing Scripture based on our linear understanding for a very, very long time. It's time to do this in God's way in a circular fashion so that every piece of the Bible plays a role in the big picture. We're going to find out more about that when we continue on Come Together San Diego. 
More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next on AM 1210 K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on AM 1210 K-Praise. And thank you. You know, it seems to me in, in some ways, especially those who have not been oriented towards the Hebrew perspective, it seems like we've given you water and not a water fountain. We've given it to you from the hydrant and say, here, take a sip. I want you to know something that these truths are so fantastic, but as you start to acclimate yourself to God's way of thinking from a Hebrew perspective, it changes things. And we're going to talk a little bit about this term, one new man. You've heard about it in scripture, but maybe there's some aspects of that uh, that uh, we haven't thought too deeply about. We're going to get more deeply into that with uh, Rabbi Joel Lieberman of Tree of Life. So, Rabbi, uh, we're talking about the unity of one new man. It actually is a mystery. It actually is a mystery. So you tell us from your Hebrew perspective what one new man means and help we Gentiles uh, comprehend it from your perspective. Well, I've got to tell you, these two Gentiles sitting in front of me, Kaz and, and Reverend Earl here, we're in some deep water, folks. We are deep water. So take I've out your floaties and pump them, yep. pump, pump them up because we've been going <laughs> deep, and I appreciate that. Listen, one new man, what does it mean? Well, it's a phrase found in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 14, for he himself, Paul writes, is our peace, who has made us both one, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. And so the phrase one new man, it's often misunderstood, actually, to mean that in the body of the Messiah, there are no more Jews, there are no more Gentiles. Therefore, since we are now one new man, Jewish believers, hey, you don't need to concern yourselves with anything with your Jewishness or, or, or Torah or because Yeshua put an end to it. Well, mm. that interpretation actually, Kaz, misses the point by a million miles. Yeah. It misses the point to what the text of the New Covenant scriptures tell us as a whole. Yes, we are all one new people in Messiah. Through his atoning sacrifice, as Earl talked about earlier, brought together both groups. That sacrifice brought together both groups of new creatures in Messiah and unified them. Mm -hmm. But he did not abolish Jewishness. He didn't abolish non-Jewishness, nor did he abolish the Torah, the law. He simply abolished the interpersonal hostility that separated both of these groups of humanity, Jews and Gentiles, and for the first time actually made shalom, made peace a possibility. And so this one new man, therefore, is not a new stream of the people of God. It's not an amorphous and uncrystallized or monolithic people. No, it consists of both Jewish believers. Yes. And non-Jewish believers who have been, as we mentioned earlier in the prior segment, grafted into Israel, wild branches and natural branches. In a sense, we emerge as a one new man who are each individually a new man, a new creation. Yes. I find it interesting that Messiah illustrates this dramatically, this truth. He records it for us in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, and he says this in verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Also, I have other sheep which are not from this pen— I need to bring them, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock, one shepherd. And so he's addressing here the descendants of Jacob. Yeshua states, Jesus states, that there is a Jewish sheep pen, and there's a Gentile sheep pen. And so when people come to know the Messiah, the Father calls them out of their respective sheep Sheep pens and joins them into one sheep pen. (laughs) And this one sheep pen consists of the believers from, from Israel, and the believers from among the nations. Yes, it kind of folds It them folds together. it in. And, but for nearly 2,000 years, yeah. we've had a problem, haven't we? Yeah. There's been an unnecessary breach between Jew and Gentile. Neither has shown in 2,000 years, unfortunately, an interest in tearing down this barrier. And now we have been given a mission, Kaz, 
Earl, myself, and others here in our city for accomplishing what could not and cannot be done by a coercion. What is that? Preserving fellowship between mm-hmm. Jews and Gentiles in the body of believers. I believe in time, as we roll this out, that both groups, Jews and Gentiles, will come to appreciate, and we already are. I'm listening to this prior segments, and I'm blown away. I'm being provoked to jealousy by my Gentile brothers and sisters here. Non-Jewish believers will want to enjoy the richness of the Jewish root of their faith via Torah and, and other Jewish history. And Jewish believers, what do we? We will then come into greater appreciation of the wisdom of the New Covenant Scripture. Yes. Then Jew and Gentile can truly be one in the Spirit. My, my, my. And, you know, we, sometimes in our own pride, we think we, we, we understand it. We got the whole thing. But when we step back and look at God's provision, it, it couldn't happen any other way. It has to be the Jew and the Gentile right. together to we make this one came into this thing together, and we're going out together. Exactly. <laughs> and, and when we understand that, and, you know, this also works in uh, other, you know, every nation, every kindred, every tongue uh, as well. When we all join together with that singular focus, yes. then we are one body. Yes. And I think he's starting things off with Jew and Gentile, and he's going to work in the uh, Indian nations and and the different uh, ethnics, ethnicities and things like that. All of a sudden, it's one new man, and the church is uh, unable to be defeated because the church is driven by Holy Spirit and God the Father and the Son. Amen. You mentioned it was a mystery. It's it is a secret it's a plan. Mystery. That's not our words. That was Paul's <laughs> yes. words. Ephesians chapter 2, let's read it in verse 19. So then he writes, you are no longer foreigners or strangers, speaking to the Gentiles here. On the contrary, I love this, you are fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's family. He goes on in chapter 3, in verse 3, and he says the following, and that it was by a revelation that this secret plan was made known to me. So Paul describes it as in Greek, a mystery, a secret plan. Most of the time in the New Covenant Scriptures, this word is actually found with verbs denoting proclamation and revelation, that which is revealed. Yes. It is a present-day secret, not some isolated fact from the past which merely needs to be noted, but something compelling here. Paul says it's something dynamic. It's a truth that could not be discovered by our brains, human reason, had to be revealed by God if it was ever to be known. And so a biblical mystery, which this is, something that was kept secret in the past, but, Baruch Hashem, praise the yes. Lord, it is now being revealed. Yes. Yes. And yes. so based on this definition of mystery, what does Paul say? We learned a couple things about unity from this passage here. First, he calls it a secret plan, as I've mentioned. He implies that the unity which he was describing has always been a reality. It's always been there for those who knew the Lord. Yes. From the beginning, this was the way that God designed for believing Gentiles and believing Jews to relate to one another. And secondly, we can now rejoice that God has firmly revealed the details of the secret plan. One last verse, verse 6 yes. of Ephesians chapter 3. And he says this, that in union with the Messiah and through the good news, the Gentiles were to be, hold on to your seats, belt yourself in, joint heirs, <laughs> a joint body, and joint sharers with the Jews in what God has promised. So what is this mystery that's being revealed? It's the fact that because of Messiah, non-Jewish believers are brought into the people of God on an equal footing, united together in one body with the Jewish people. That is so good. And my friend, look at the news, what's going on in the nation today. The scripture says that which is first natural and after that which is spiritual. There's a very amazing uh, unity going on in Israel and the United States uh, that, that has never been comprehended before, and even uh, there are some nuances of unity going on in 
foreign countries that you would have never thought even possible. So what God, I think, is doing in the natural, he's showcasing what unity is supposed to look like in the natural, and he's working out the spiritual unity between Jew and Gentile uh, in, in his church today. This is exciting. It's Listen, exciting. I don't know if you guys know it and your listeners, but we've just come through a 25-day eclipse, as it were. What do I mean by an eclipse? The 70th anniversary yes. of Israel's independence, April 18th, 2018. The 50th anniversary, Yom Yerushalayim, Jerusalem yes. Day, ends on the 13th of May, tomorrow. For 25 days, we've been in this eclipse. That's why we've been seeing the craziest things we've been seeing with <laughs> Iran and Syria, yes. and now the embassy going in, yes. the possible Nakba the day after. Yes. Because we've been in this time for 25 days. There's an eclipse of these two important events of Scripture that are taking place. Is it a wonder that this revelation of unity in the body of believers is rolling itself? I'm telling you something. We have only just begun in this unity. Yes. And by the way, unity, you have to fight for it. Yes. You have to work for it. It doesn't come naturally of its own accord. Wow. And, you know, and I'm saying, uh, Rabbi Joel and Earl, you have to step back and you look at what's going on in the natural right now. You know, the earthquakes in San Diego, there have been some earthquake activity and there's some spiritual implications to that. But also in places like Hawaii, I mean, there, there's some turbulence in the, in, in, in the natural which could have uh, spiritual ramifications. And we are in the midst of some very important things. You've got to just watch what happens if, if Jew, if, Jew and Gentile comes together under under Yeshua through, to the Father. Watch what happens to the ethnic divides. They'll disappear as well. <laughs> My goodness. My friend, I hope this is what your appetite, because God is doing big things, and you're going to see it not only worked out in nature, but you're going to see it worked out in Scripture, and you're going to play a big role in this as Jew and Gentile come together as one new man. It's been a pleasure sharing with you these deep truths on Come Together San Diego. More to come on future shows. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining Chaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on AM 1210 k Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.